Once again, good morning, everybody. How many of y'all are ready for Thanksgiving feasts? Nobody? Nobody's ready? The, one, of the, one, of the, one of the really great things about Thanksgiving is uh, everybody gets to pause and many times get to be around family and eat a lot of food, right? And sometimes it's a lot of food and sometimes it's just a small gathering, but either way, there's plenty to be thankful for and there's plenty of reason to get together and be thankful. And I know that every year we preach sermons about being thankful and preach sermons about uh, Thanksgiving and, and so on and so forth, knowing that there are many people who are uh, living in such a way for whatever the reasons where it's just hard to find things to be thankful for because their life is not so great and 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 how we measure a great life or a good life you know some people's circumstances just aren't all that great and i just want y'all to know that i'm aware of that however when we're looking at the word of god and we're looking at uh a man-made holiday like thanksgiving right I would think that we would, as believers, we would be looking for what the Lord has to say about how we go about being thankful, how we go about thanksgiving, or how we uh, understand this whole idea of being a thankful person or a person of gratitude. Now, I think that most people, like yourselves and other believers around the world, or even people in general, would say that they are, in general, a person of gratitude or a person who is thankful for a lot of things. The question is, is what are we thankful for? How, how often are we thankful? And why are we thankful? For what reason? You know, are we grateful for the things that we have or the things that happen to us or the way our lives are going because we are well off, blessed beyond measure? I might even say, because we're spoiled, rotten? If you don't agree with that, then you're not paying attention to the world, right? There's a lot of people in the world, other parts of the world, that are way worse off than we ever will be. And it's not their own doing, it's just the way the world is in their areas, in their communities. And you know what's convicting to me is many Many of those people who are less fortunate or less, uh, less spoiled than me are more grateful than I am. And, and I, I believe that's because I'm not aware of what it's like to not be so blessed or to not be spoiled rotten for whatever the reason. And I've, I've, I've mentioned this a lot but I, I'm, I'm living in this part of the world and I'm a, a, a citizen of this nation by chance. I was born in Lamar County, Alabama. That's the only reason I get to be so blessed. If I was born in some other part of the world, I wouldn't be as blessed as I am now. Maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't, but I don't know. So I didn't do anything to live in this blessing, right? I'm living in blessings that I don't deserve, that I didn't really create for the most part, it's God's doing. When I sit down at Thanksgiving dinner 
just about every year since I've been saved. One of the things I think about is my, my Savior never forgot about me. He never rejected me. So much so that he promised that he would come back to get me. And the same is true for y'all if you're saved. For anybody who accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior, accepts his work on the cross as uh, payment for our redemption, for our reunion with our Father, the only way of forgiveness and grace is Jesus Christ on the cross. And I got to live here in this, on this planet for as long as the Lord allows and tolerate and put up with whatever it is gets me in a bad mood. But eventually I'm going to be with him. Whenever Jesus comes back or whenever it's my time to leave this planet, I'm going to be with the Father. I'm going to be with the one who died for me. For eternity, y'all. It's a done deal. And if there's some reason on this, in this life that I find that I can't be grateful, there's something wrong with me. There's something seriously wrong spiritually with me. And that's true for every other soul on the planet. Okay? We, God has given us every reason to be grateful people. He's given us no reason to be people who aren't grateful. I was, listen, I was listening to a, a, a preacher get, talk, tell this story. <laughs> he said this young couple got married, newlyweds, and they had a, a honeymoon, and they went off to their place wherever they went on their honeymoon, had a great time, and they love each other so much, and they couldn't stand to be apart from each other. You know how, how it is when you first got married. You can't barely let go of each other's hands, and you keep looking in each other's eyes and, and all that kind of stuff. And then they finally come home, and they are setting up their house, and wife gets up in the morning and decides she's going to be a blessing to her husband, her new husband. She said, I'm going to fix him breakfast. So she scrambles up some eggs and makes some biscuits and bacon and some juice and coffee and all kind of, all kind of, I mean, this is a breakfast right here, y'all. She sets it down and he comes to the table and he's got this scowl on his face. This is like right after the honeymoon. What on earth could be, he be so upset about? And he looks at her and he's like, I like my eggs fried. He's so upset, he's complaining already. I mean, just already complaining. Got him a nice wife, got married to the girl that he loves, and he can't eat scrambled eggs. He can't be grateful enough to eat scrambled eggs. So she said, okay, I'll fix him. I, 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 I learned something. I can learn. So she gets up the next morning, and she fries him up some eggs with all the rest of the fixing, puts it on the table, and he's still scowling at her. Upset. He said, well... I want scrambled eggs today. All the ladies don't look at y'all. Y'all are like, oh, oh, no way, uh-uh. I ain't putting up with that. I ain't. Got the neck roll going. <laughs> so she, as gracious as she was, she's not getting uh, upset visibly. The next morning, she said, I'm going to fix him this morning. I'm going to get him this morning. I'm going to make it where he can't complain. She scrambled one egg and fried the other one laid it out on the table just like she did before, and he sat down, and he's scowling again. This dude can do nothing but complain. And she said, what's your problem now? Now she's upset. She's like, what's your problem now? He said, you scrambled the wrong eggs. <laughs> There's some people in the world, y'all, that just can't be thankful for nothing. It don't matter what happens. 
They cannot be thankful. And, and we have to ask ourselves, what causes that in a person? What, what would cause a person to be so ungrateful about everything in their life? Why, why, would, why would anybody seriously choose to live a life without gratitude in it? That just complain about every little thing that ever happens to them, good or bad. Nothing's ever just the way they want it. You could, you could, take, you could go up and take the man's order and say, how do you want your eggs? And he'll tell you, and then he'll still complain about it. You ever met somebody like that? Don't say nobody's name. I just want to know if you ever met somebody like that. Don't look at nobody, y'all. I pray that you and I don't become those kind of people because it doesn't honor God. It's not who we are in Christ. Now, a few weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago, probably not, a, it's been a month or so, we, we read First Thess uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, and, and specifically verse 18. And we were reading that, discovering it was after we talked about how the church can pray for your preacher, and then we were talking about how the preacher can pray for the church, right? And the first thing was that the preacher should ought to be grateful ought to be thankful for the folks in the, in the church that he gets to serve with, that God has assigned him to serve with and grow with. And that's, 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 that's the truth. But we're going to look at a little bit uh, more of that scripture today because it has everything to do with who you are. You and I cannot say we are believers in Christ. You cannot say we're saved by the blood of Christ. We cannot say we've repented of our sin and we've received a gift of the Holy Spirit because we've been baptized into Christ. We can't say any of that's true if we're complainers, if we're not thankful. Now, most of us, including myself, would sit back and say, this sermon ain't going to be for me because I'm pretty thankful most of the time. I got my moments, just like everybody else, right? And, and you guys know, don't, don't, don't act like I'm the only one. You guys know, there's, there's times in your life you're like, man, that was probably the, a bad attitude I had earlier today. I better repent from that. We all do that. We all live there from time to time. But we're praying that the Lord help us get away from that. Help us have a, a different way, right? Because remember the Thessalonians, Paul was trying to get them to understand that Jesus is coming back, but he, you, need, you need to get about your lives. You need to be doing the, the Lord's work, right? You don't just sit around waiting for Jesus to come back and get mad because he ain't been back yet. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine a believer, a genuine believer, pouting and sitting, sitting on their front porch with their arms crossed, mad because Jesus ain't come back yet? Can you, can you imagine that? What's the matter with you? Waiting for Jesus. He said he was going to be here. He ain't here yet. That doesn't make no, doesn't make no sense, y'all. That doesn't make no sense at all. Because we're supposed to be out making disciples. We're supposed to be out in, in the world, loving people and loving God. We're out to be in the world, but not of it, right? We ought to be believers, those who are saved by the blood of Christ, those who have the Spirit of God living in them, those who are forgiven, going to spend an eternity with God one day, we ought to be the most thankful people on the planet. Not, not, not only on Sundays, not only on Wednesdays, but every day. And I, I feel like sitting down there with y'all when I'm saying all this. Because it is challenging, isn't it? Why is it challenging? 
Because God created us with emotions. And sometimes emotions get in the way of God's will in our life. It's God's will that you be grateful people. It's God's will that I be a thankful person. Always. Let's look at the, let's look at the scripture. I broke it down. Three verses this morning. Trying to, make, trying to make it simple. And trying to make it a reminder. Right? But it's never simple. It's always challenging, isn't it, when we're talking about the Word of God. This is the part where we praise God and thank the Lord for His grace and mercy and His patience with us. Right? Because what we're about to read is what God expects from a believer. And I hope that, and I hope and pray that when we leave here, we don't leave here defeated. We leave here encouraged by what the Lord expects from us. Because if the Lord tells us to do something, if he expects us to do something, it must be a possibility. Amen? So let's talk about it. Let's break it down. First thing, first thing in verse 16 of chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians. He's he's just reminded them that Jesus is coming back and he's coming back soon. But put your suitcases back in the closet and get busy making disciples. Okay, that's the summary of what's going on. And he says this, rejoice always in verse 16. He's telling them how to live their life. He's saying, here's how we live until Jesus comes back. We can spend Thanksgiving supper this weekend, this week, Thursday, or whatever day you're doing it. You can spend and just say, thank the Lord, he's coming back soon. And there might be somebody in your family that causes you to say that. Because they're just one of those kind of people that's hard to deal with. Right? The Lord wants us to be a blessing to them too. Lord wants us to be a witness. Rejoice, always. Always rejoice. What does it mean, rejoice? I think that's a word we hear a lot around Christmas time. Rejoice. Because it's part of the Christmas hymns that we sing, right? Rejoice. Be glad. This is not what we're talking about today, by the way. Let me just make this point. This is not about being happy. None of it is about being happy. Happiness is what man wants for himself. God wants joy for you. God wants peace for you. God wants salvation. He wants reconciliation between you and him. And he's already warned us, our Savior himself, when he was here teaching and preaching in his ministry, he's already warned us it's going to be hard and it's going to be unpleasant. You're going to be mistreated. It's not going to be fun. So, so happiness cannot be the end goal always, can it? Now, it might happen on occasion, happiness, that, that emotion, but he's talking about rejoicing. Rejoicing, always, all the time rejoice. Why? Because Jesus is Lord. No matter what's going on. It doesn't matter if you're celebrating something great or if you're in the middle of hard times and it's the darkest moment of your life. You got to find a way to live in the fact that Jesus is Lord and nothing on this planet can take away the salvation he died for to give you. And y'all been there. Y'all, everyone in this room, everybody who's here in this voice have been through some dark times, some hard times, some times that will shake you to the core and challenge your faith and make you even though everything in your mind and in your heart says God will never leave you, your emotions are screaming out, where's God in all of this? Even then, we rejoice because we have a Savior. 
because Jesus is our Lord. And no one can take it from you. No one, Jesus, God won't take it from you. you no one on the planet, no other man, per, woman, child, or, or any other can take it from you. Satan can't take it from you. That's how secure you can be in your salvation. So you can be in the darkest place in your life. You can be on the, another part of the planet where your life isn't as spoiled rotten as our life is, and you can still rejoice while you're not knowing where your next meal is going to come from or not knowing what other group of people are going to come and kidnap you and your family and mistreat you like is what's going on in this world today because you're a believer or because you're not like them or just because they have hate in their hearts. No matter what happens, no matter where we are, no matter what it looks like or what it feels like, we have to be able to always rejoice in our Savior. In the, lo in the love that God has offered us. And there's many ways to do it. There's many ways that that comes about in our life. I I've, seen it, I've seen it many, many times when I'm preaching funerals for people. I've seen it many times. A wife or a husband of a loved one who's passed away, we sit and talk in their home, and all they can do is praise God. Because their spouse was a believer and they know that they've re inherited their reward and they're finding some comfort in that. They're finding some peace in that. They're rejoicing over the fact that their loved one has gone on to be with the Lord. It, even though their heart is broken. And I don't mean just cracked. Completely shattered. It's a strange feeling to be rejoicing and hurting at the same time. Be rejoicing and totally stressed out about whatever anxieties come along in life. And different anxieties come along as different age of our life. When we were kids in high school, we had a lot of anxieties about whatever. When we became college students or that age group, whether we went to school or not, there was a lot of anxieties about things in that time period. Then, then when you hit 40, guess what happens? It seems like it all falls apart. <laughs> and there's anxiety, and there's worry, and there's what, on the, what in the world. But you know what? If you're saved, Jesus is still Lord through it all. There's always, there's always, always, always reason to rejoice. In fact, that's our witness, isn't it? When the world sees us rejoicing always, that's when they start taking notice. That's when they see, okay, here's this family over here, and they're going through this, this, and that, but they're still rejoicing in the Lord. And here's how they notice you. They, sometimes they'll come walk up to you and say, hey, how can you worship a God who don't seem to be involved in your situation? Because they see how bad it is. And you get to tell them. You get to tell them about your Savior. You get to tell him what he did on the cross. You get to tell him how it changed your life. I'm not talking about quoting scripture. I'm talking about when Jesus came into my life, this is how my life changed. This is who I used to be, and this is who I am now. And he's never left me. He's never left me alone. He's never forsaken me. He's always been there in the darkest times, even when I didn't feel like he was there. I can look back and see that he was there. And I rejoice that I have a Savior like that.
If we're not living in that, it's going to be impossible for us to rejoice always. You notice it says always. I understand the word always to mean all the time. And I understand the understanding of all the time means the total amount of time. There's never a moment where that's not an expectation from God. Always. Doesn't he deserve that kind of an attitude from the ones he died for? Hello? So that's number one. Rejoice always. And y'all are like, man, we're just getting started. It's already tough as it is. Because I know if you're like me, and I feel like I'm a regular fella, if you're like me, it's challenging sometimes, isn't it? It's challenging. I'll give you an example this morning. When, when my wife is sick like she is today, I'm, I'm missing some things. She does a lot for me. We're a team. And when we're not together, we're not whole. And me and the Lord have to work through that so I can continue to rejoice. It's not her fault. It's not God's fault. It's not even my fault. It's just a situation that I don't like. Not the end of the world. If I don't rejoice always, if I don't let the Lord help me learn how to rejoice always, I'm going to come in here and I'm just going to put a damper on everybody's worship. Because somebody didn't scramble the right egg. Hello? So praise the Lord. He gives us what we need. Look at verse 17 now. Second, second expectation. We talked about this a lot lately too. Pray without ceasing. Pray. How many of y'all have, have don't say anybody's name, don't look at nobody. How many of y'all know somebody who just talks all the time? Like literally, from the time they wake up, maybe even in their sleep, they just talk about whatever comes to mind, just comes out of their mouth. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's there's people that just, they, they don't, I've never seen, there's a few people I know, I've never been around them, and they were not talking about something. I, I went and got my hair cut the other day. There's a lady down there, great lady, nice lady, but she, she talks all the time. She talks the whole time. She's cutting people's hair. People are talking to her, and she's talking at the same time. It's just constantly talking. And I, I read this as pray without ceasing. And I wonder if the Lord expects us to be talking to him the way I just described that lady. I wonder if he wants us to talk to him about everything in every part of our life, no matter what it is. Does he want us to communicate with him always? Shake your head like that and say, yeah, he does. Right? He does. Why would you not talk to the one who is living in you? The one who went to the cross so that you could experience salvation, so you can have the Spirit of God living in you, be a part of the kingdom of God, the greatest thing going on the planet, in the universe, in all the universes that he's created. Because he loves you. He loves you more than you'll ever know. Why wouldn't we talk to him? Pray without ceasing. Now, some people will say, well, it's not possible to pray every moment of your life. I might agree with that, right? I think it more has to do with the mindset, the minds, the mindset that we have as we live our life every day, the awareness of the presence of his Holy Spirit, always the awareness of his interaction with us, his involvement with our lives, right? He wants, he wants to know 
and share everything with you. When I, I was reading, uh, I was I was reading uh, over this text again uh, yesterday while I was listening on the internet to uh, the Alabama football game, the Alabama practice. They were playing Chattanooga. It was it was practice. It was bad. I don't even remember what the score was. But I was enjoying the game. And next next Saturday they're gonna play Auburn and it's that's the game of all games. As far as I'm concerned, it's bigger than the Super Bowl. The Lord wants me to share that with him too. He wants me to share the joy in my life. He wants me to share the excitement I have and just being entertained by a football game. He doesn't want me to make it a God, obviously. He doesn't want me to worship sports like that. But if I'm going to enjoy it in a way that honors him, then why wouldn't I share it with him? You know? You catch yourself uh, going about your life and you just start realizing all the blessings or you start realizing how the Lord opened up a door here or how the Lord blessed you in this way and you just out loud, thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord. For that. Or, I don't know how to deal with that, Lord. I'm going to put it in your hands and move on. Constantly talking to God like that. Pray without ceasing. Lord, I don't, I, this, this person over here is getting, working my nerve. You're going to have to help me figure this out because I don't want to do anything that does. You can't throat punch people and honor God, is all I'm saying. Because your emotions take over, right? Sometimes you just want to wring somebody's neck. And the Lord, the Spirit of God says, no, that's not who we are. That's not how we do it. And then we're thanking God again. Thank you, Lord. Because he always opens up another way to help with those things. Pray without ceasing. Ceasing. Stop. Don't stop talking to God. Rejoice always. Don't stop talking to God. And then finally, we're going to wrap it up with this last verse. In everything, give thanks. break it into two sections here so many people read too fast they read too quickly and when we do that we have we are setting ourselves up to misunderstand or misread this here does not say he's not telling this church to be thankful in, for everything. He says be thankful in everything. In all things. Because let me tell you something. And y'all know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of things that's happened in my life. Whether it's my fault or not. That I don't, I'm not thankful for. I'm not grateful for. They were not pleasant. And they will never be pleasant to me. And I'm not thankful that those things happened the way they happened. But in those moments and in those situations, I can find a way to be thankful because God is always there. God is always involved because in all of those situations, not one, there's not one excluded. In every situation I can think of in my life that I don't like, that I was not thankful that it happened or didn't happen, I can tell you, if I look back and write it all down, I can show you where God was involved and how God was working things out for his will, for his purposes, 
for my blessing. And I can be thankful about those things. I can be thankful. Because, you know, sometimes, I mean, I had, I had, I've had lots of prayers in my life. Lots of serious, serious prayers that were filled with anxiety. That ne- either never got answered the way I wanted them answered or the answer was no. And as I continue to grow in Christ, as you continue to grow in Christ, we can, if we're paying attention to the Spirit of God in our life, we can look back and say, here's why God said no. Or here's why the answer didn't come the way I wanted it. And if we look at it and understand it and pay attention to the Lord in our life, the Spirit of God, we will say, thank you, Lord, for having it your way and not mine. Because if the Lord lets me drive the thing, I'm going to wreck it every time. I, I pretty much know that. If I'm in charge and he's here to serve me, that's a bad, that's a bad setup. And it will fail every time. So I'm rejoicing, always. I'm talking to God all the time. Me and the Lord doing this together. You and the Lord doing this together. We and the Lord, Oak Grove Christian Church and the Lord, we're doing this together. We're doing this with him. He's not with us, we're with him, y'all. We ought to be rejoicing every time we're together. We ought to be rejoicing every time we think about one another. We ought to pray about each each other without ceasing. We ought to pray about what's going to happen in the future without ceasing. And we ought to give thanks in everything. In everything. Everything is another one of them words like always. (laughs) Right? One of the most powerful words in the Bible is all. A-L-L. Whenever it says all, it means everything. There's no exceptions. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. All who believe can be saved. Isn't that a powerful word? See, that's why that's what I love about our Lord. He's like all in in everything he does. He's 100% committed to himself, to who he is, and to who he is for you. All he's asking is that we be committed the same way. That's all he's telling us. If you're mine, this is how you'll live. If, if you're mine, this is what it looks like. You're going to rejoice always. Why wouldn't we? Well, there's, plenty to be, there's plenty to rejoice about. And it's always because nothing ever changes. And we're going to talk to him all the time. We're going to, without ceasing, we're going to be communicating with our Lord. That's what Jesus died. Part of what he died for was to set up the lines of communication so that we have access to him. Hello? Good opportunity to praise the Lord right there. And then we're going to give thanks in everything. In everything, we can find something to be thankful for. In everything. That's a challenge, if you ask me. Now, all, of the, all three of these things in our, by ourselves are impossible, aren't they? I mean, it's, it's possible to, to, to rejoice on occasion. It's possible to pray on occasion. And it's possible to be thankful on occasion. But the Word of God is teaching us that we are to do those things all the time, nonstop. They're to be a part of our life always. That's not only something you should do, it's who we are, y'all. That's the lifestyle of faith. If we trust God, if we trust the Word of God, if we trust who we are in Christ, then this is what we will do. This is what it looks like. This is the, pr- the product of our faith. 
it's, it's, it would be much easier if every morning I relived the day I got saved and was baptized because I was on fire for the Lord after that. I mean, I'm talking about hot, white hot on fire, wanted everybody to know about Jesus. And that was back in 2002. And I'm just going to confess right now that every day since then hasn't been that hot. Not because I don't love people and because I don't love the Lord, but because I lost sight of rejoicing about it. I lost sight of talking to God all the time. Not on a regular basis, not most of my time, on occasion. We all get there. We all struggle. We all get distracted. Satan is at work. And I certainly lost sight of learning and paying attention to finding ways of giving thanks in all things. Lord, help us all to grow in these things. Because that's what being a Christian looks like. That's what it looks like to walk by faith. That's what it looks like to honor God with who we are in Christ. Here's the, here's the blessing, right? It says, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I, when we say the Lord's Prayer, to, <laughs> there's a part in there that says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? This Bible, this Word of God, this particular text is telling us what God's will is. There's no question. It's God's will that we live this way. Not just on Thanksgiving holiday. This is God's will for always. This is what Jesus died so that we could become. People who rejoice. People who talk to him regularly. And people who find reasons to give thanks in all things. It's God's will, y'all. If we're, if we're people who are striving to learn God's will and live in it, then this is it right here. It's not, it wouldn't be a challenge. It can't be a challenge. And I think sometimes when we preach the gospel, we say, we say uh, if, you want, if you want to be saved and go to heaven and not go to hell, then you should just believe that Jesus is the Christ. And if you believe, then you should repent and you should be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins because that's what scripture, scripture teaches. It is the truth. And we somehow say, so that you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Say it real fast and get through it. So all we're trying to do is get somebody to say yes to Jesus and get baptized so we can sing victory in Jesus. And we lose sight of the Holy Spirit and his presence in our life. And if that's all we do, then we're automatically from the get-go failing to disciple people. Because that's the beginning of our journey with the Holy Spirit. Point is... None of us can do any of this, what this word is, is telling us, leading us to do, what the instructions were given through this letter to the Thessalonian church. None of us can be successful in this without the Spirit of God. It's not possible. God never tells us to do anything that's impossible. He's not setting us up to fail. And we sit back and we look at this and we're like, man, that's kind of tough right there. You know? You don't know my family. <laughs> right? No, I don't say that about people in my family. They all say that about me. Right? They're all like, man, is he going to be there? Here's the deal, y'all. Are you saved by the blood of Christ? I mean, really, are you, are you, have you committed your life to Christ? Have you confessed Christ as your Lord and Savior? 
Have you put your faith in him? Have you, have you repented of being a rebel against God and his kingdom? And have you been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins? If those things have happened in your life, then you have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's promised to you. It's not, he's not there for nothing. He's not there just hanging out. He's there to take over. He's there to lord over your life. See, that's what being saved is. You're surrendering your kingdom to the kingdom of God. You're no longer in charge. I'm no longer in charge. And when the Spirit of God comes in, things change. Your personality changes. Not all of it, but some of it. Your attitude changes. Your mindset changes. The way you live, the way you approach life, the way you interact with the world should change and continue to change. That's what sanctification is all about. The cleaning up, being made holy because he's holy. That's, what, that's the Christian life. Gratitude. Rejoice always. We're getting ready to enter into your Christmas celebration, right? We're going to decorate the church next Sunday afternoon, and we're going to start singing Christmas hymns. Some people are already out there singing them. I don't know how y'all feel about that, but it's happening. We're rejoicing. You, you, know, you know how powerful rejoicing is? The, the fact that the believers rejoice in Christ is why the world is trying to attack the statement, Merry Christmas. We're trying to say Merry Christmas. We're trying to, we're trying to insert joy into somebody's heart and somebody's mind. And the world don't want it. We're trying to rejoice in our Savior. And, 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 and be a blessing to people because we're rejoicing. That's how powerful this is, y'all. You're not going to make disciples without any of these three things going on in your life. You're not. You might be telling people about Jesus. You might even quote some scriptures. You might tell people how bad they are and that they should be in church. You might do all of those things. But if you're not rejoicing in your Savior, you're not talking to him on a regular basis, and you're not being thankful about all things in all things, why would anybody believe in your God? If you don't, that's who we are. I love you, and the Lord loves you.